0: And welcome back to Out of Left Field. Presented by Farm Bureau, Mark Gregory, Charlie Winfield. Joined now by a couple of guys that enjoyed a lot of success at Mississippi State, Adam Frazier and Wes Ray. Guys, hey, appreciate you joining this afternoon and talk a little bit about baseball when you were here in Starkville.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: Adam, we'll start with you. you know, coming in. We talked to Lane Burroughs and Butch Thompson a couple of weeks ago, had both those guys on at the same time, and they were talking about your recruitment. They kept coming back to one of the things that they really liked about Adam Frazier was that blue-collar mentality. Looking back at your time at Mississippi State, and we'll ask Wes the same question as well, what are the things in baseball that you really learned early on in your career that's helping you today, whether it be in baseball or in life?
1: Oh, tough question. Really just put my head down and, and go to work. Now, I've never really been the big prospect kind of guy. Uh, like I listened to y'all's conversation the other day with, with Coach Burroughs and Coach Thompson, and they recruited me pretty hard before they finally threw me an offer. So it was like uh, I've always been the kind of guy to have to prove myself. So that's really all I've done is put my head down and work hard, and, and the rest will take care of itself. So that's probably the thing I learned uh, you know, early on. That that's what I have to do to have some success.
0: Well, Wes, I remember when you were a high school football player, and everybody talked about that every time we were on TV. Uh, He was a four-star offensive guard at Harrison Central High School. And all of a sudden, he's going to be a baseball guy. Looking back, when was that moment that you decided and you said, hey, I'm going to put the pads and the football helmet up, and I'm going to try to hit a baseball for a living?
2: Man, that was honestly that was not a very difficult decision for me. I think the reporters made it out to seem like it was this big drawn out deal, you know, but I mean, I think I was ready to play baseball from the get go. I mean, I love football and, and loved entertaining my time playing football and the recruiting process. But I think the whole time deep down, I knew that, you know, baseball was going to be it for me. I was just ready for a baseball coach to commit to me as a baseball player and not try to piggyback the football scholarship and, Coach Cohen and Butch and and Coach Burroughs and all those guys, you know, believed in me to be a baseball player, and that's kind of what brought me to Mississippi State. Wes,
3: you make that point. So when you were looking at Mississippi State, did you ever give any thought to football or was coming to Mississippi State basically a chance to get away from the idea of playing football and be solely a baseball player?
2: Well, actually, it kind of put the heat back on me because then, you know, Coach Mullen was there and he was recruiting me the whole time and it offered me, you know, he he kind of kept recruiting me the whole time because after I signed my national letter of intent for baseball, he could still recruit me. But he was the only coach that was able to still recruit me because I was going to school there. So he kind of stayed on me pretty hard until I finally got there in the fall and and told him, you know, I'm I'm in this for baseball. And um, it kind of it kind of died down after that. So I was 100 percent dedicated to baseball from as soon as I made that decision.
0: Talking with Wes Ray and Adam Frazier, and Charlie, here's the thing. When I look back at that 2013 season, so many people talk about what happened in the College World Series and about the regional here in Startville. I think back to those two games we played in Charlottesville, Virginia and these two guys right here. Adam, What well, you went six for six in one game. Wes, you hit the big home run in game two. But, but Adam, looking back over your career, hitting in the leadoff spot, then compared to your junior year at Mississippi State on until now, one of the things that I know you were trying to work on so much was changing your approach and not being as overly aggressive at the plate, and you continually got better as a leadoff guy. When did it really click for you mentally as far as – I'm going to get on base any way possible, because i tell you what, those last couple of years you were here, every time you came to the plate and had to get on base, it seemed like you got on base.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I wish we could go back to Charlotteville. You know, that was a fun time. I don't think that, uh, that ball that Wes hit still hasn't landed, but, um, that's really, I guess, something I always pride myself on doing when I got to the plate was not striking out. And that was, where I got myself in trouble, like you're talking about, with that over aggressiveness. So really, I guess you know, over time you start hitting weak ground ball after weak ground ball to you know, second baseman, first baseman, and then you, you finally say, "All right, screw this. I'm gonna make them come to me." And then over time, it gets better and better. And that's really what I just tried to do. But it took a while before I got to that point, and, and then to have some success doing it. Wes,
3: well, so you look at the year you had in 2012. You had some ups and downs, and all of a sudden you come back in 2013. That big breakout year offensively, kind of an anchor over at first base as well. What was the change in approach, if anything, that allowed you to go from kind of those ups and downs to all of a sudden being a, a fixture in the order?
2: I just think it was simplifying things. I mean, I, I feel like there was some, you know a few things mechanically that we worked on throughout the whole process, but finally I just realized you know I don't have to have all this extra movement at the plate to produce power. I mean, just try to simplify and. And, you know, having guys on base in front of me helped a lot. I mean, you got Frazier, Dez, Hunter, Hurdle in front of me. I had a lot of opportunities to come through with a lot of pressure on those guys. So, you know, I kind of contribute that to both of those things.
0: Talking with Adam Fraser and Wes Ray. And, guys, when I look back to that 2013 season and I start thinking about all those guys and so much success on the field, but, man, the thing that I remember is how close you guys were. <laughs> And it seemed like you guys enjoyed being around each other. We couldn't get to the ballpark without a story about Hunter trying to catch an alligator over in the Tom Bigby, or, or <laughs> trying to swing a <laughs> possum somewhere. But it, it's it's amazing how hunting and fishing. You know, we laugh about it all the time. I'm a big hunter. I like the turkey hunt, like you, Wes and Adam. But the thing about doing things off the field it was almost like that team really grew so close and that's one of the things i remember about that team is just how close you guys were
2: no doubt i just feel like when they put that class together it was something where we just we had a lot of you know mutual friends and mutual teammates and mutual competitors and we played against each other a lot growing up so we kind of had that mentality that, you know, we kind of thought that class was going to turn things around and, you know, knowing everybody from Little League to Travel Ball and then we kind of all meet and start. We'll kind of added a little special relationship to that group for sure.
0: Adam, not even from Mississippi, and you come over here and it was almost like everything clicked. I mean, I just think about all you guys getting together and and, and going out and doing so many different things off the field as far as hunting and fishing and then getting to the ballpark and working hard. It seemed like there were so many good players on that team. You always hear that term, iron sharpens iron. And we heard it plenty from Lane Burroughs and Butch Thompson in those pregame meetings. But it seemed like none of you guys wanted to be outworked, and you really worked hard.
1: Oh, yeah. No, but that's what happens when you have a lot of great talent um, on the same team is, you know, you better keep working because, you know, the next guy right behind you is, is pushing you and he's ready to take your spot. But, yeah, we. Uh, I mean, I, I can't remember a time that where we, you know, we are we weren't all together as a group um, off the field. It was, uh, you know, when, since we left practice, we were all going to get together and do something else, and whether it be hunting and fishing or have a little team get together and grill out somewhere. We still have group techs uh, to this day where we're all in and, you know, giving each other some grief about everything we do, but um, that, not just that 2010 class, but it was the junior college editions that ended up coming in a year or two later with debts and Hurdle and and all those guys, and Amorati, um, you know, we, we all feel real close now, and that just kind of solidified the the group we had and, and brought us even more together.
3: Guys, one of the stories that we think back about John Cohen early in his career as Mississippi State's head coach was kind of the strict approach. There was not a lot of facial hair, not a lot of, at least visibly from the stands, not a lot of fun being had in terms of, you know, pranks and that type thing. It looked like somewhere during that 2013 season, things kind of started to loosen up a little bit, and you guys started having more fun playing baseball. Is there anything to that, or is that just our perception from the stands?
2: I think that definitely happened, but I think it happened because we were winning a lot of ball games. Um, you know, when uh, we kind of – that was – I feel like he had a lot of pride in our class and a lot of respect for us, and, you know, he kind of let us run our own show, and um, so – I respect him for allowing us to
1: play that way and i feel like it helped us a lot no doubt yeah that's like uh like what i said uh you know right west hit it right on the head you know when we start winning some ball games will loosen up and let you do what you want to do and we proved that we could do that um and, and, you know we were mature enough to go have some fun and win some ball games and play together as a team and you know like, it goes back to just pushing each other to the iron sharp and iron kind of thing it's we can go have all this fun and grow your hair out whatever it may be but you're not winning then uh we'll have to tighten something up but we kind of police that ourselves pretty yeah once Cohen you know gave us that key to take over and, and drive our own ship so uh yeah like it like Wes said respect him a lot for letting us do that that's when we kind of took off
0: guys when you play at Mississippi State it's a little bit different it's a little bit different playing here than a lot of other places and both of you guys had opportunities of going somewhere else and When I look back to 2013 and I think of being in Omaha and then winning the first three games, and we won the game on Friday and then would not play again until Monday, it was almost like a cavalry came to the hotel at the Doubletree in downtown Omaha. And every single day, well, Saturday and Sunday and then Monday and Tuesday, it seemed like every time you go to practice, every time you go to a meal, there's going to be a line of 40, 50 people at the hotel wanting an autograph, wanting a picture. I look back to that and just seeing you guys and how you handled that. And, and Adam, you first. You're now with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and I know that you, you travel around, and I know you guys have great fans in Pittsburgh. To this day, have you witnessed anything that compares to those four days in Omaha?
1: No, not at all. I mean, I, I mean that's why you come to Mississippi State, though, is because of that family atmosphere and tradition and everything that comes with it. Is, uh and that's why you know a 18 year old high school kid wants to come play baseball at Mississippi State, and then feel so proud to be able to do that, and then to win some games to, to get this, for the fans to show you that kind of support and love is very humbling and um, unbelievable. But yeah, it's like I'm, you know, like you said, playing the major leagues, you you uh, you have the great fan base and everything like that. But you still, it's nothing compared to those few days in Omaha or even those couple of years playing ball here. And I still feel bad losing those last couple of games in Omaha just because we had 30,000 people there in maroon and white. And we couldn't get it done for them. So that was pretty tough for us. But yeah, nothing compares to you know, Mississippi State family and support.
2: Yeah, the one thing I remember is just before game one of the national championship, uh, our fans standing outside the stadium, they're taking BP before anybody's even in the stadium, and they get the maroon and white chant going. And you can just hear it from outside the stadium, it's something I don't think I'll ever forget. And then you know, running to first base and, and throwing ground balls around infield, the first base coach, you know, comes and kind of shakes my hand and was literally just amazed, saying, Y'all, you know, your home game's just crazy. This is the wildest thing I've ever seen. And, you know, just people were just blown away by our fan base. And I think that rings true still today. And it's just growing and getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, I think that just says a lot about Mississippi State baseball in general. And, you know, it's just what we bring to baseball fields. is nothing like nothing else in the SEC, the country.
0: Guys, we appreciate you joining us. Hey, we made it through this whole thing, and we never made fun of Hunter Renfro, which is very surprising, to be honest with you. Guys, <laughs> we know you're doing well. You Man, guys stay safe, and it's always great to talk with you.
2: You guys, too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah Charlie, I appreciate it, guys. enjoyed it. Thank you all for doing what you're doing supporting support Mississippi State.
0: Man, yeah, thank you all for doing this. Well, old Wes Ray, old Adam Frazier, have they hung up? Okay, they have. So I'll say this. Man, I miss those guys. <laughs> man, that was a great group, not only because they won a lot of games, but they were the perfect example of having a good time off the field but had that cutthroat mentality when they stepped across the lines. And this look back at Bulldog history has been brought to you by your friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Well, Charlie and I get texts and tweets almost daily from all of you out there. Telling us what you're putting on the grill. We had a big crawfish bowl the other day, and one of the first things we had to have was some of that original from Country Pleasing. If you're putting some steaks on the grill, just a few pieces of that pineapple pork on there goes great with those ribeyes. And if you want some appetizers before you eat, just put a little jalapeno cheddar on that meat and cheese tray. You just can't beat the quality. Made in Florence, Mississippi, their storefront is open every day except Sunday. And if you're grilling out, you have to go by and get some of their meats. People will think you're the grilling genius. So when we come back, we'll talk to former pitching coach Steve Smith, who was here from 1990 to 1994 and was the man behind the top-ranked recruiting class in the country in 1994. So looking forward to hearing from Coach Smith. Appreciate you hanging out with us on Out of Left Field, presented
2: by Farm Bureau.